0: Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. It's also Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And so... Um, A number of weeks uh, we've been looking at the dynamics uh, of marriage. And uh, uh, the key to marriage is intimacy. You've heard me say this over and over and over. It's intimacy. And um, what this means is uh, to leave and cleave to become one. As Jesus said, "They two shall become one flesh. There has to be intimacy, and we're going to deal with a number of things. Uh, uh, but this, And the key to that intimacy is a husband loving his wife and a wife submitting and respecting her husband. This is the key to intimacy. This is, this is what melts it together. Communication, we're going, we're going to deal with that uh, a little bit later, and, and we haven't really got to the wives much yet. Uh, but I want to review last week a little bit. And uh, uh, intimacy is when you love me, uh, so I'm not—I don't have to constantly be on guard how I speak and how I—I'm not worried you're going to manipulate me, control me, or take advantage of me. This is one of the powerful things about real love and intimacy. You're not going to intentionally hurt me. And what that does, that sets uh, the wife free to submit and respect her husband. And without this freedom of love, intimacy, the problem with marriage is... uh, is unless there's an openness, and this comes from love, this comes from uh, from the dynamics I'm talking about. Unless there's an openness, uh, what happens? Uh, you you get married, you really don't have a clue who you're marrying. Many times, uh, you see the makeup, you see the hair, uh, you see the face, you know the physical. They have a name, but it will take years of learning who you're really married to and so without openness intimacy means openness i'm not afraid you're going to hurt me take advantage manipulate etc and so without openness you begin to play a role in marriage you you become a role player you're constantly on guard And the problem with that, over time it becomes very wearisome and you begin to look for an exit if you're not careful. You get tired of playing the role that they're expecting you to play. So last week uh, uh, I looked at a couple of problems and I want to reiterate this. Got a lot of laughs and everything last week. but uh, The problem with girls is almost from the womb they're preparing for marriage. I mentioned uh, our twins, uh, the grand grandkids, little girl. I mean, I, I was shocked. I'd never really picked up on this. Uh, I was shocked. They they could barely walk, and when we had a wedding, it's like their whole countenance changed. They knew everybody in the wedding. They knew what they were wearing. They were asking me, "Papa, uh, what, what is this and what's that?" And I mean, Colin could he could be in the wedding and could care less. <laughs> little girls want to play house. I can remember when I was little, and and there was this family, uh, the Boners, and uh, they had all these girls, and they lived up the street, and uh, they was like younger than me to fifteen years older than me, like ten girls. And I remember they used to capture me and want me to play house. And uh, uh, I would run for my life. I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to run through the woods and stink. (coughs) And and shoot things. And climb things and throw rocks at things. They're wanting to serve me tea. Uh, They're wanting uh, to cook for me these make-believe dishes. And they got little stoves and uh, little chairs and all of this stuff. And so it's like little girls from the time they're old enough to think, they start playing house. And I remember my dad telling me, son, you don't play house. And then one day I got married and everybody expected me to play house. And I didn't have a clue. And so the problem doesn't end there though. And, and this is I—this when it kind of got hilarious last week. Uh, you know, he died Percy died. Remember, I played the song last week when a man loves a woman, and then like Monday or Tuesday, I began to get texts ever Percy Sledge died, and so good thing I made him famous there for one Sunday. Amen. (laughs) And but uh, the problem with girls, they hear the they're, they're 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 into romance. They read romantic novels. They like romantic movies. Many times they love these songs, and that's when I played when a man loves a woman. And all of that began to go down. I think AJ set my wife up, amen. And so, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, when a man loves a woman and they have these dreams of this man, that uh, they're going to marry this man and he's going to sweep her away, and Prince Charming and Cinderella and all this stuff, the problem is he doesn't exist. And so, in your mind, he ought to exist. And so, you get married, and after a while, you want to make him into the image that you've created. And you want to enlist me to help you. <laughs> you, you want sermons where you can, <clears throat> you know. And, uh, and so, the problem is... Uh, because he doesn't exist, you become very frustrated after a while. Because you're living with this fantasy, this image, this mirage of a of a male. The man, on the other hand, he also, many times uh, when he comes to marriage, and especially if you've had no living illustration. It's one thing even... For me to read the scriptures. Which I've read every week. About the role of the husband. But if you've never seen that. It's like me trying to teach you. How to play basketball. With a chalkboard. And you've never been on the court. You've never seen a game in your life. That, that was like me in Malaysia. When I was in Malaysia. I'd take the girls in church. And we beat all the guys. Because they'd never played. And so. <clears throat> The problem is, if you've never seen a wholesome, godly marriage, in your mind, you don't have a clue. And not only do you not have a clue, many times what is absolutely wrong and crazy is normal to you. So a guy, many times, when he he, he hears about a relationship with a female, he hears it from some guy's uh, or he hears it from a, a song or a rap or whatever somewhere, or some, he gets this crazy mentality, and a lot of times guys, you know, uh, uh, they get married she's got one image of the marriage. We're going to have a wedding here in a little while this morning. He has another mindset about a marriage. His mindset, she's mine. It's legal. Covenant by God. Vows before God. She's mine and and again, you know, anytime I want her. And she's thinking romance and words and roses and flowers and all of this stuff. And and so the problem is many times he comes into the marriage uh, and he has an image that he's built. um, If I could say this uh, properly, uh, he has an image of the female and he's got this conglomerate of legs, face, da 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 and that's his mind of what his, of, of, you know, many times. And he's he's got a fantasy. And the problem is, uh, when you take that, uh, you create a monster. What was the old Frankenstein movie where they took these parts and sewed them all together? Is that? I'm not much on movies, but anyway. So I want to, uh, that's kind of what we discussed last week. And the problem is somewhere, somewhere, God has to give you a miracle. Preached a sermon in a wedding a number of years ago. Every marriage needs a miracle. The first miracle Jesus did was at a wedding because every wedding. Every marriage needs a miracle. And there's something powerful when you begin to appreciate and value the person you're married to. When you begin to cherish them, and this is where all of these scriptures begin to, that Paul, and we talked about this, uh, her blemishes and spots will begin to disappear because you love her and that's what he said just like Christ with the church over and over Christ with the church Christ with the church he loves us uh, not because we're so perfect or who we are he loves us uh, this is God's love and that love begins to make us transform us into something that is beautiful and precious and and we're changed from glory. That's true in marriage. That's true in marriage. When you respect your husband, when you honor your husband, when you exalt your husband, he will die for you. And it will change him. Confidence will come to him. He will believe he can do anything. If you degrade him, If you criticize him, especially publicly, it's one one of the worst sins of marriage. Or you try to always correct him and override him. I I tell pastors and their wives, I said, if you don't respect your husband, don't expect the church to. It's a a great... dynamic of ministry in life if you don't respect your husband don't expect your kids to don't expect the church to because you set the stage you know him better than anyone and this is and, and this is powerful and etc so I'm just kind of locking your mind in and trust we're helping you uh, George you have a statement you want to make and then I want to get to the text Ken, of is he happiness. on? Okay, go ahead. He's a source of our strength, source of our happiness. I know for a lot of years, I mean, Fran, I loved her desperately. She was terribly insecure. And whatever it is that was important in my
1: life, she would put her finger on to touch it, to test my love. But it became exhausting, and it became draining. And you have to find your happiness in Jesus. And once you've found that, then God can help you enhance one another's happiness and make that a perfect union and fulfill a lot of the dreams and desires
0: that God has put in your heart for marriage. But He has to be the source of your strength and your happiness and your joy. Uh, That's true. And so um, uh, just like the vows you say, I'm going to probably preach this morning on vows, but the vows you speak you're not just speaking them to each other. You're speaking them before God. That's right. And people will come and say, uh, 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 you know, well, um, they have violated. Uh, they've, been un, uh, they've not uh, uh, been in covenant with me or maybe they've been unfaithful. And I tell them, well, oh, God never has though. God never has. He's always been faithful. So I want to talk to you this morning about the stranger in your bed. Uh, There's a new stranger in the bed that's separating couples. Uh, That's creating a huge rift in marriages. And if you're not careful, your spouse speaks to this stranger more than you. Your spouse touches this stranger more than you. Your spouse looks intently at this stranger more than they give you that kind of attention. Your spouse holds this stranger more than you. And definitely, your spouse listens to this stranger more than they do you. In fact, your spouse always seems to be waiting for this stranger to make contact. And when this stranger speaks, you're ignored. Who's the stranger? Smartphone. <laughs> does, does this stranger go to bed with you? When you lay down, is this the stranger there? And you may be having this com- but oh, if a stranger calls, <laughs> come close, baby. <laughs> Mm, mm I just oh ooh, ooh, I just can't mm. <laughs> is that you does the stranger go to bed with you? Do you spend more time with the stranger than you do with your wife or your husband? Are you married to your cell phone? Are you more connected to this stranger than your wife or your husband? I read recently this guy got a tattoo of a cell phone so his wife would touch him. (laughs) We're going to sell tattoos in the foyer, 99 bucks a pop after the service. Matthew 19, 1 through 10. Uh, let me, I may not read it, but let me see. Uh, now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee, came to the region of Judea. Verse 2, in great multitude, and in verse 3, um, uh, verse, let's jump to verse 4. Uh, let, verse 3, the Pharisees came to him, testing him, saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? He answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command uh, to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? And Jesus said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. And so I want to talk for a moment about the fatal distraction and attraction. Social media marriage. The third quarter of 2014, there was 1.35 billion active users of Facebook. 890 million of them logged on every day. It was up 26% from 2013. 640 million minutes each month. Added to that, there's 20 million apps, websites installed each day. The new stranger is the smartphone. The old cell phone wasn't much of a problem. The old cell phone got a call, you answered it, called somebody, etc. But today and they're telling me eventually you won't have a laptop or an I today your smartphone is a computer. And it's becoming more and more so. It's Going to replace, they tell me, all of these. Other, I mean, now Apple, what, they're trying to bring the watch. And so I want to ask you a question again. When you go to bed at night, does this stranger go to bed with you? Is there a stranger in your bed? of smartphone users check their phones immediately after sex. 40% while using the bathroom. 30% during meals with others. 24% driving. 58% never go an hour. 44% while lying in bed. In 18 to 34 years old, it jumps to 74%. I looked on the internet, and one woman says, uh, "Sometimes my wom- my husband wants to have a physical relationship, but I tell him I have time. I'm on my cell phone." She says, "Really, I'm not interested because my smartphone has become more interesting than my husband." <clears throat> Intimacy. Remember what I said. Intimacy is critical. To leave and cleave. Depends very much on your communication and your. No more communication. I've heard of couples who would text each other from one room of their house to the next. (laughs) Give me a glass of water. (laughs) Pick up the kids from school. In arguments, texting back and forth, he, she is mad. Saying things on text that you would never say face-to-face. Texting is always easier to say bad things, but not natural. I'm quoting. One couple shared when they got married and before they got saved, they made a decision to not have a TV in their room because it was a distraction. Today they find themselves lying down side-by-side in bed, both thumbing through their phones, checking emails, catching up on the news, Facebook, looking at postings, pics, Pinterest, I don't know what all. Another couple, <clears throat> I got convicted because we were lying down in bed for about 30 minutes on our smart smartphones. Then when we were done, we said goodnight, rolled over and went to sleep. I, I remember telling the story, Connie and I, we were at the Olive Garden. And there were all these girls I don't look to be about 10 of them at a table there. and it was one of them's birthday. Here are all these girls there to celebrate her birthday. We knew reason we knew it was a birthday, they brought out a birthday cake. Every one of these girls was on their cell phone, texting to someone who wasn't there. And I'm watching this girl I was kind of it's her birthday, and she just kind of and then finally she got out of hers. Something's horribly wrong with that. What about with your husband or wife? One of the common complaints I hear is we we have no time together, no time together, no time together. You know, you have the same amount of time that married couples for hundreds of years have had. And it's interesting to me with all these new methods of saving time. You know, that's one of the, used to be one of the, Mike, all your big, your kitchen appliances, all that, gonna save time, save time, save time. Computer's gonna save you time. Internet'll save you time. And, but why do they come to me constantly? Pastor, we have no time. Because if you're not careful, these are time wasters. They assassinate time that you could be spending with your children, your wife, or your husband. Listen the the problem with with the social I don't care if it's texting or whatever the latest thing is today is the the tone of your voice your demeanor your spirit none of that is there it's like reading a newspaper you read a newspaper uh, that talks about a, a, a horrible accident or a terrible crime or someone war. You read this, that's totally different. I read about a tornado than someone who experienced it and they're there talking to you. There's the emotion, there's the living experience that's being communicated, there's passion. Time wasters, Angry Birds, Temple Run, Fruit Ninja, Candy Crush, I don't know. I'm quoting all this. I don't know what any of those are, really. We live beyond our means. There's people here, you work all week. There are marriages here, probably not here, because you work all week and you're working probably today. And your marriage is in trouble because you both have created a lifestyle that you can't financially support. On the sessions, I may deal with this. On the tragedies of this generation, people uh, create a lifestyle, the only way they can live. Can I make, I was thinking about something the other day. They say America has become consumers, Right? I mean, I mean, you've heard that. We're a consumer society. The whole world wants to market America. There's a lot of difference between consumers and producers. Used to, we were known as producers, we built things. Today, we're known as consum- When you are a consumer, your value as a human being becomes in what you own rather than what you've accomplished or built. And when your value as a human being becomes in what you own, the next step is you become covetous. Consumers become covetous of things because if I have this, then I'm someone. Where producers, their dignity comes in what I've accomplished I've served, I've built something, I've built a marriage, I've helped build a ministry. I've served I've invested in people. And so one of the damages to marriage today is they have no time to leave and cleave because they bought into the whole mentality. If I just could do more, go more, see more, buy more, we would have a great marriage. And I've repeated it practically every week. How come during the depression, your grandparents are great? How come during the depression they had no money, so they, they didn't go on dates, they didn't took no vacations, they didn't have uh, all the TV and all the entertainment, didn't go to movies. They didn't do any of those. How come the statistics tell us they did much better at marriage than this generation? I think there's a number. One, they communicated. And one, they were committed. And no doubt, there was an element of God in that generation that's absent today. And so, if you're not careful, let me ask you, do you spend... I'm I'm not talking about doing business. I'm talking about do you spend more time foolishly with this thing than with your wife or husband or your children? How about foolishness? How about foolishness? How about foolishness? How about stuff that in eternity before God? Contributing to real life and real people, it is, it, is, it, is, it is the stupidest thing that a person can do. I'm not talking about you're, you're doing business. I'm talking about silliness and foolishness. Looking, going, looking up, I mean, and I, I, I'm on the airplane sometime and these guys, the apps they have, I mean pages and pages. they're spinning their phone and pages, and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages Praise the Lord quiet Do you choose to communicate personally Do you have stronger relationships with people maybe you've never met or rarely see on this than with your own wife or husband or children? Do you feel more comfortable with people that you communicate? Maybe you've you've never seen them. Maybe you've rarely seen them. Than with... You're more comfortable talking and... Ta- and you can go on and on and on and on and on and on. But with your wife or your husband. Is this a new stranger in your bed? One of the uh, great dangers... Is you become familiar. And you let down your guard... With those you cannot see, and there's no blushing. The dead Christian corpses having to deal with across our fellowship because of this. Get too comfortable in conversation and texting. Uh, uh, this new Snapchat. Allows two people to send text, made pictures automatically delete in three to ten seconds. If your husband or wife has Snapchat, hmm, why? Hmm, remember what I said about sin? Sin it always takes money to sin, and an absence of unaccounted time and secrecy. I wonder, do you text people? that are not your spouse. Again, I'm not talking about business. You got no business. I'd like to slap you. (laughs) If you text uh, someone of the opposite sex in a manner that's flirtatious, or you're you're stepping across boundaries, You're, you're, you know... I would, I'd like to just get you in my office, close the blinds and, and, and let my old nature just loose on you for about five minutes. Just, just a couple of good ones, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and just praise the Lord. One police officer was sharing his feelings of why he chose to get a divorce. He said, she touched her cell phone more than she would touch me. You know who really loves uh, the whole uh, smartphones? Uh, Think a minute. Who really, really, really? I read this on the... uh, I Googled this. Who really, really, really loves the smartphone? I'm talking about professionally. Who's the? What's the profession that loves the smartphone more than anyone? A profession. Lawyers. Lawyers. Their business has skyrocketed. <laughs> Is that what you said, Alec? <laughs> uh, Sarah, you had your hand up. microphone, I can't hear Is it on?
1: Is this better? Um, Just a quick testimony. Um,
0: I use my phone at work um, with my vendors and stuff like that. They'll call me and we'll have business conversation and stuff. And when I, I was out of work, I had a vendor call me while I was at home and ask how I was doing. And I'm like, I'm doing fine. You know, just the normal, whatever. I'm doing okay. You know, don't know when I'm coming back to work. And I told him, I said, you know, I'm this is really awkward for me. I, feel really, I don't feel right talking to you while I'm at home. This is my husband's house. Um, I said, if I have anything I need to tell you or whatever, have anything to communicate, I'll let my manager know and he can talk to you. But I just didn't feel right talking to him while I was yeah. in my house. That's godliness. Amen. That's holiness. That's conviction. That'll save your marriage, Amen. perhaps. You see, marriage is God made. Matthew 19, he who made them at the beginning made them male and female. Verse 6, therefore what God has joined together. In other words, what God made. Genesis 2.18, and the Lord God said, I will make him. I'm, I'm making this. I'm designing this. I'm constructing this. A helper comparable to him. Genesis 2.22, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Genesis 1.31, then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. You see, marriage, God himself created. Marriage is God made. It came out of his wisdom, came out of his intellect and design. this is why you hear me say, wherever you see a society, remove God as creator. Just a matter of time before they become immoral, debased. Matter of time. In other words, when we remove God as creator, the whole evolution thing, the, whole, the moment you remove God as creator, well, then what about Marriage. He made, he made, he made, he made. But just because God made it doesn't mean you have to, you don't have to work at it. Fred, you had a statement, and then David? Yeah, Pastor, I just want to say that uh, I have to contribute all of what Alicia and I experienced today as husband and wife. And the joy in it, the peace in it, the trust in it, the honesty, the love, the... The compassion, everything that we have for each other today, I have to contribute to our love for God. I know that God intervened in a powerful way in our lives when we both submitted and truly gave our heart and our lives to God. Yeah, yeah. when you submit, see, it's like God gives you and I the blueprint in the manual. That's what Ephesians 5 is all about. For the marriage... But now you have to construct it. You have to to build it. And that takes time. It's just like this building. We have blueprints in my office. You have to keep them for the fire department. We have blueprints of this building. Some of you remember when we stood on this land years ago with a few shovels. And it was just a dream. Well, just because we have the blueprints didn't automatically make all of this just happen. There was work, there was labor, there was time, there was some mistakes that had to be corrected. Uh, it went on and on and on and on. There was direction and, and, and uh, th- there's, there's advice and uh, th- that's what I'm all about. And, 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 and Pastor Tori and Pastor Hill, and I, there, there's advice and, and uh, the, the, here is the blueprint uh, Uh, That God gives us. And then there's instruction and direction. That's why I'm doing this class. Uh, But at the end of the day. No one can build your marriage but you. And again the problem. If you've never seen it. What if we gave you the blueprints to this building. And you'd never seen a building in your whole life. All you'd ever seen maybe was a cave. Maybe you grew up in a cave. You'd never seen plumbing. You'd never, you'd never seen an indoor, indoor plumbing, toilet, air conditioning. You'd never seen any of this. All you'd seen is a cave. That complicates it immensely. That's why, listen, if you're a Christian parent, one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is a good marriage. That's one of the most profound gifts you can give your children is a good marriage. And so that complicates it, David.
1: You know, as you've been speaking the last few weeks, you know, about the differences between grandparents or parents that grew up in the depression, relationships, you know, the difference in our society and the, the mindsets are just so incredibly different and corrupted today. I mean, the... Uh, the social influences you know kids can't even figure out if they're boys or girls what gender they are and if there's any question our school system pushes them to be a homosexual yeah I mean every advert almost every advertisement is sexualized children are sexualized and and just the the corruption of our society people don't know how to have relationships By the time you're of an age to get married, God knows how many of sexual relationships or relationships you've had with the opposite sex or with the same sex. And they don't know how to have relationships. Then you give them a cell phone when they're a child, and they're so insecure because their parents have been divorced or remarried or divorced countless times. That now they've got this addiction to a smartphone that they can have relationships with people they don't even know, and they become addicted to it. And it's like, our society is so seriously screwed up, and without God, they have no hope. And it's, I see this, I see it daily, you know, and it's like, you know, God, this, we need God's help, and without his help, man, I, you know, our our society is going the way that the Bible says it will go, you know, to...
0: Yeah, it's, uh, and you've you've heard me say this, uh, 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 society... In the past in America, the Judeo-Christian society strengthened and restrained ungodliness. I remember in politics, if you, if it was discovered, i about, I don't care, Republican, Democrat. If it was discovered that you had a, remember the guy from Colorado who, remember, he was going to run for president uh, from Colorado, had a lot of votes. Uh, he was actually a Republican and he, he was on a yacht. With these Playboy bunnies uh, somewhere in the Bahamas, immediately he dropped out of the running. Immediately. Immediately. Because there was a moral fiber that we're not going to vote for an individual. We don't want him leading up, because we can't, if if his wife can't trust him, how can we trust him? That's common sense. Anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, Why I'm getting a divorce in 2014. Before you start assuming I will be leaving my wife, let me just tell you that's not the case. I'm looking to leave someone else, someone you may not know about, someone who takes up most of my time, distracts me from spending time with my wife, and even spends time with me during the late hours of the night. Her name is iPhone 5. (laughs) She's extremely smart, funny, and reliable, keeps me up to date with all the latest trends, Although she's always by my side, and I can feel her when she nudges me, you know, the bzzz. <clears throat> I can't help but notice that she's keeping me from spending time with people who matter most in my life, God, my wife, my family. She's really good at keeping my attention, so much so I've been known to completely ignore people when they're trying to have a conversation with me. She tempts me to use her apps while at church Weddings and funerals, instead of enjoying the moment undistracted. She even keeps me from working on personal projects that have strict deadlines. She's extremely insensitive when it comes to my safety. She's always tempted me to be with her while I'm driving. I can't help but notice she is slowly infecting my social life, my marriage, and the lives of those around me. Many people act like it's no big deal. But I imagine the longer one ignores the issue, the worse one's personal relationships will be affected in the long run. Divorce your phone. Divorce your apps. Divorce your social feeds. And engage in relationship with real people that actually matter. Thou to spend some significant time, uh, amount of time off your mobile devices. Unplug. I feel some of you right now. You're you're going through withdrawals. You're you're, you're right now. you just you're, <laughs> <sighs> ah. <sighs> Praise God. <sighs> <clears throat> <clears throat> my
1: God, my wife.
0: My children deserve to be the one priority in my life. I don't want anything else to get in the way of that. The reality is we're all married to our phones in one way or another. Everyone may not struggle with this, but I did. That's why in 2014 I vowed to divorce my iPhone 5. Will you join me? Are you married to your cell phone? I'll save that for next week. And so, God bless you this morning. Praise the Lord.